Hi, everyone, and welcome to Meet Me Downstairs. I'm your host and fellow mom, Britt, and I'm very excited to be sharing this stage with you. We are going to get real and honest about the different dimensions of postpartum life. We are going to be joined by a mixture of moms and experts in the field to discuss things like getting back into the actual act of sex with your partner, reawakening the joy of intimacy within yourself, the identity shift of motherhood, different ebbs and flows of relationships, and everything else in between. This podcast is dedicated to moms and our core purpose is to make sure that we are always honoring the woman within the mother. This forum is a place for us just to get together and discuss topics that may not be so easy to do in everyday life. So without further ado, let's get to it and I'll meet you downstairs. Hello and welcome back to another episode. Today we're getting a little bit juicy, a little bit dirty, and a little bit real, actually a lot of bit real, because um, we're talking about orgasms and female pleasure and finding freedom, or better yet, orgasmic freedom in the way that we move through our, our intimate space. And we're joined by Melissa Vranges, who, if you are familiar with our podcast, then you know all about her. She was our very, very first ever podcast guest where we talked about being an erotic mother and, you know, you know, initiating that sort of self-pleasure journey. And what better way to kind of continue that conversation and dive deeper into feminine pleasure and orgasms and all fucking honesty and connecting with yourself than by having her back. So yes, we are talking about the freedom to have powerful sex, to have honest sex, to feel confident asking for what we want in the world of intimacy, and just giving ourselves permission to explore our world of pleasure and in turn learning what that looks like when we incorporate a partner. So we're removing fake orgasm from our arsenal and we are finding orgasmic freedom. So please enjoy. Don't mind my embarrassing excitement as I head into my conversation with Melissa, but it's a really amazing conversation. And thank you to all the women who sent in their stories, sent in their concerns. We did a poll on Instagram and you guys really helped us to shape this episode. And so we wouldn't be able to have had this amazing conversation without you all. So thank you. And I hope that your answers or fears or anything was addressed today. And if you ever want to talk deeper about this stuff, you know where to find me. And Melissa's information is in our bio and episode notes and tagged on Instagram. Lots of love. All right. Hello. So guess who we're back with? I don't even like want to try and ramble on because it's Melissa Frangis from our very freaking first episode. What? Hello, my love. How are you? Hi. I'm so good. And it's so good to be back with you. I'm so happy. And I've, so I'll give like a preview of what we're talking about, but I've been dying to do an episode on feminine pleasure and in particular, the big O orgasm, whatever you call it. And I was like perusing through Instagram and like looking at my notes. And I was like, who am I going to talk to about this? And you kept 
coming back into my head. I was like, I don't know if she wants to do a second episode. Like, I don't know. She's so busy these days. She has so much going on. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to message her because she's really the only person that I want to talk to about this stuff. And yes. So I messaged you and you were like, hell yeah. And I was like, oh my God, this is great. So so we're back with Melissa Ranji's fertility awareness educator, women's sexual wellness guru and yoga instructor, and um, just fucking badass. So I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you do like a proper intro of who you are for anyone who maybe didn't listen to the first episode. And if you didn't listen to it, go and listen to it now. And then we're gonna get into some real juicy stuff. Mm, thank you, Brett. It feels so good to be back and listening to your beautiful voice as well. I love it. <laughs> so I am a yoga teacher, feminine well-being educator, and I educate and mentor women around the menstrual cycle, fertility awareness methods, and around female holistic sexual wellness. Nice. I love it. And she has so many workshops and stuff going on. So be sure to check her out. I'll make sure to link everything in our episode notes and tag you on Instagram so you guys can find her. Um, Okay. So today we're talking about the female orgasm who I've coined a very mysterious lady because she can come and not come, pun intended. Um, (laughs) And I would say that this topic is, I think, still pretty taboo. Like even though we've come so far in the world of sex and women, I still think there's a layer of timidness that kind of goes with it and perhaps even could like elicit a little giggle or two. But nonetheless, I think it's a conversation that people are getting ready to have and one that's super important. So you know, historically, when we think of climaxing, it tends to sort of happen mostly I saw, I guess, importance of it with men. So like sex kind of finishes when a man has climaxed versus a woman. And I think that we've had kind of a hard time or a longer time breaking through barriers when it comes to the world of sex and things like faking an orgasm or pleasure is something that unfortunately most women have likely done in in their lifetime. So, you know, there's women out there who have never had an orgasm or they only orgasm through self-pleasure or clitoral stimulation. And, um, you know, women aren't always comfortable and some men too, of course, you know, not always comfortable with asking for what they want or exploring their own self-pleasure. And anyways, we're going to get into all of this, this stuff today. And we're going to kind of take a peek behind the curtain of, of feminine pleasure. So my very first like question to kick off everything for Melissa is what is an orgasm? So (laughs) regardless of the gender or genitals of the person having it, an orgasm is a climatic peak in the arousal process. So while the typical O for a vagina owner lasts a bit longer around anywhere around 13 to I think it's like 50 50 seconds, um, as opposed to a penis owner, which is around 10 to 30 seconds. So both experiences really speed up heart rate, um, blood rushes to the genitals, there's quick and shallow breathing. It all kind of accumulates to what we call the big O or like an orgasm. Perfect. And maybe we could just talk about what are the different types of orgasms? Because actually when I put this on my Instagram poll, I had a couple of responses from um, 
some people being like, there are more than one type of orgasm. Like what? I can't wait to hear about all this stuff. So yes, Mm. tell us. Yeah, honestly, like there's actually a big list. So I'll try and not ramble, (laughs) but there's things. So there's multiple orgasms, there's blended orgasms, and I'll speak a bit more of that um, maybe later on. Um, There's energy orgasms, clitoral orgasms, cervical orgasms, there's exercise orgasms. So there's been stories of women riding bikes and actually peaking whilst riding a bike. (laughs) haven't had that yet. (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) Yeah, I bought a bike yesterday though. Oh, (laughs) let us know. (laughs) Um, There's anal orgasms, there's nipple orgasms, internal orgasms, fantasy orgasms, breath orgasms. Like honestly, the list goes on. So yeah, that's just to name a few. Right. And what would you say? I mean, I suppose there's no kind of way without a study, but typically what do you think women are experiencing most like an internal orgasm or a clitoral orgasm? Yeah. Most commonly women experience clitoral orgasms. It seems to be like the easier orgasm to establish. Right. Um, and then yeah, internal orgasms, but again, this comes into like blended orgasms because you know, science or studies show that the clitoris is actually kind of always involved in internal orgasms and things like that. So yeah, I would say clitoral orgasms. Okay, cool. And then how are orgasms typically achieved? Lots of delicious ways. Um, they can be, (laughs) they can be achieved by yourself with your own hands, with, um, toys, with, um, whatever really, um, lube, whatever you want to do by yourself yeah. or they can be achieved uh, with a partner. So mm-hmm. you have someone kind of making moves on you and it can happen like that. So um, yeah, that's kind of what springs to mind with that. I don't want to get too creative. <laughs> showing all my kinky stuff. <laughs> Maybe we'll leave that for another episode. <laughs> yeah. um, and you mentioned as well, um, before when we were before we were recording and kind of talking about how we wanted to lay out this episode there's also different states of orgasms which I didn't even know so um, Mm. maybe you can take us through those as well yeah yeah so there's like the peak state which is very common in clitoral orgasms where you kind of just peak to the top so you just reach the top and it drops away Um, and that for some women can leave them kind of just like whoa like tired and like ready for bed some some women and men like to just kind of peek and then head to bed <laughs> um it's not all um there's multiple peaks so you can actually play with peaking so you can reach up to and I actually play with numbers um especially with my partner out of 10 like 10 is like orgasm nine is like you're almost so close you actually can't like there's no return and eight is where you kind of want to sit at to play with the multiple peaks. So you feel yourself peaking up to an eight, babe, I'm at an eight. Okay. Let's keep playing with this. Like pull back a little bit, bring it back up again. So you can play with these multiple peaks until you kind of want to climax. Um, and the other one really is an orgasmic state. So uh, you can be in an orgasmic state for hours Um, it's something that is just like your whole body is in this orgasmic like cosmic state almost so yeah those are some of the three different states that are most commonly spoken about 
Awesome. And I actually love that you mentioned the numbers that you use for uh, multiple peaks. That's a very, and that's also a nice way to just communicate with your partner during sex. Cause sometimes that can be difficult to do. Like, how do I talk about what I want or where I'm at? You know, so having that numbers, that's very cool. So thank you for sharing that. It's literally been a lifesaver as well. Yeah. So if I'm at an age and I'm like, well, I'm at a six, like we need to do more work on me. You right. Know? So right. It's actually, it's been such a great tool to have easy communication Exactly. I love that. Awesome. Okay. So I think let's kind of chat about vulnerability in sex because I think those, you know, mental barriers that we have can kind of affect the way that we receive pleasure. And um, I'll refer back to the poll that we did on Instagram a lot because it really helped me to shape this episode. We got amazing responses and people were super vulnerable and brave and and so thank you to all of you who, you know, submitted your responses and, and questions. So a lot of people, when we talked about vulnerability, they kind of message saying, you know, they're feeling insecure about their appearance, what their bodies look like, what their vaginas look like, and, you know, a couple of other things that I did pull. So we'll talk about some in particular. In a way, it seemed that their job was kind of to perform well so that their partner could climax versus their own pleasure so they were prioritizing their partner versus themselves and I think we kind of do that a lot I do that in in my own you know sex life you know that paired with whatever human experiences that we have going on or whatever our day is like or whatever I feel like there's so many things or so many mental barriers that it can be hard to find that pleasure state so I suppose my first kind of question is how can we work to remove those constrictions or remove those limiting beliefs that can sometimes prevent us from feeling freedom with our pleasure yeah it's such a good question and this changes all the time as well so one approach and it's kind of a yogic approach as well is it's rather than trying to remove a limiting belief or or what's constricting you is working with it. Mm. So limiting beliefs are also a beautiful indication for us to do some work there. So for example, I feel self-conscious around what my vulva looks like. And when I'm with my partner and I notice that um, I'm in a heterosexual relationship, so I talk about um, a male partner, but if your partner is heading downstairs, um, and you feel that coming up, it's like, oh no, my partner's going down there, uh uh-oh, he'll see this or that or whatever story is coming up for you. And if you can, catching that thought and saying, ah, there it is, that thought's coming up. And what I'm going to do today is I'm actually going to experiment and and try just to acknowledge it. I'm going to breathe into this like anxiety that I'm getting around this and just say that I see you, I feel you coming up. I acknowledge you, but today I decide to give myself the permission to receive the pleasure I desire. Mm. Or it could be an affirming mantra, like I am safe in this experience to really open up and show my true self. Mm. So um, inner dialogue is honestly a lifesaver. It can, it can I, I personally think is some of the most important parts of allowing yourself to open up to pleasure as well as your breath if you're tensing up your breath can help your body actually relax if you 
are in a position that you know you feel vulnerable in because of the appearance of your vulva or um, what your body looks like, anything like that, just coming into that inner dialogue, like I'm safe in this body. I deserve to be receiving this. I, I can show every single part of me because I'm worthy of that. Love that. Yes, exactly. It's almost, a, I like that you said to, instead of wording it as removing these beliefs, reframing them or using them, that's a nice way to not try and, you know, eliminate something that's a part of you, right? Mm-hmm. So it's nice. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Um, yeah, and we all have that. Like we all oh, have yeah. that. I, I still have that. Like I'm like, oh my God, I've got a pimple on my butt and he wants to do me from behind. Uh-oh, you know, and I get in my head. And then I just think, actually, uh, he's lucky that he gets to be with me and be able to do this with me and I'm open to doing this, et cetera, et cetera. But you actually talk yourself up to be the queen or whatever you want to call yourself to be in this position with your partner. And I can totally understand as well that if you are dating somebody or it's like very new into the relationship, how this can actually be a lot harder. So I want to acknowledge those women as well. Um, But yeah, it's just like talking yourself up internally, like you're a queen, your partner's lucky to be doing this with you. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to pull a few, we kind of, you kind of touched on it a little bit there, but I have four, four that I pulled from the Q&A. So the first one is, um, someone who says, I feel insecure about my body. It's a little curvier than the typical model like stature. And I think about this all the time when I'm having sex and I can't seem to let it go. So common. Oh my gosh. Like I still have this at times. I'm like, Oh, I haven't been for a run in like five months yeah. and I, I'm feeling a little bit whatever. Yeah. But for me, it really comes to like embrace, embrace, embrace. And that is all part of the feminine body is we're made up of curves, we're made up of softness, of rolls, of dimples, of butt pimples, whatever. Like if I could say anything to this, I would say um, mirror work. Mm. And, and it took me a lot of time to doing that daily is actually after my shower, taking my towel off and standing in front of the mirror and acknowledging the most you know, undesirable parts of me, like, oh, it looks like I've got a double bum. Okay, I'm gonna like look into that and I'm gonna say, actually, like, that's beautiful. I've got so much butt, it's like wants to be a double butt, you know, and, and having that giggle with yourself. And um, I just think it comes to really, rather than like, yeah, like hurting that part of your body with your thoughts and, and whatever, is actually like, going in head first and acknowledging it in front of the mirror and embracing it. Can I tell you something that I started doing after our first episode is yes. when I got out of the shower or what, I want to do it every night, I get out of the shower and I'm getting ready for bed and my body has obviously shifted and changed a lot since having a baby. And so there are areas that I feel insecure about in myself and in particular, my breast, stomach and butt. And so what I do, and this is all inspired by you, I got a beautiful little bottle of rosehip oil 
and I massage all the areas that day that I feel insecure about. So I'll take the rosehip oil and I'll warm my hands and I'll massage my breasts and then I'll go down to my tummy and then I'll go onto my butt or anywhere else that I don't feel good about and I give them some attention and then I get ready for bed. And it really makes a difference. So I mean, thank you for doing that for me. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I love that. And good on you for putting that time into that because that's really how a relationship changes. Mm -hmm. And I do, I definitely feel, I mean, there's still things that I am not the happiest about or things that I wish like had changed quicker or gone back quicker. But it does give me a moment in my day to just kind of be like, yeah. you're beautiful and this is beautiful and I'm going to rub you down and let you know that you're appreciated. Yes. So. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. The second one I pulled here says, I'm insecure about foreplay and discharge, so much so that it literally stops me from wanting to take part in foreplay. And I think that she means, you know, having discharge appear during foreplay or Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly. We didn't really get too much into it, but um, that's kind of what I took away from it. But what do you think about this one? Yeah. Well, for me, like foreplay is everything. Mm -hmm. And um, foreplay can be such an amazing contributing factor to experiencing orgasm or deep pleasure. So if it's your discharge that's stopping you, then um, here's the thing. So the more juiciness you are down there, the better, right? So many women crave to actually be juicy and lubed up and primed ready to play. Others use lube. I love lube. So there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. But for this woman, I would just personally say, like, celebrate that. Celebrate that, yes, you are juicy and that, yes, you, your pussy wants to receive pleasure and, and this is what's happening. And rather than seeing it as, like, discharge, which can sometimes have stigma and like mm-hmm. it's dirty and it's disgusting around it is being like, actually, I'm like, I'm juicy down there or whatever word you want to use. And um, yeah, just, just knowing that this is a part of your body and it's, and it's epic. It's epic to, to have fluid and juiciness when you are getting aroused. It's actually really common and with this you know this is answered with somebody who's obviously um like eating the right foods and and who has a healthy diet and all that kind of thing um if you are concerned about it then i would definitely like speak to your doctor or something like that but it's very normal we all have discharge or cervical mucus throughout our cycle so yeah it's to prove that your pussy's healthy. So exactly. celebrate it. <laughs> it's a good thing. It is. Yeah. Good okay. The last one is I feel insecure about the way my vagina looks. My lips are a bit bigger and the skin around my vagina is darker and I feel like it's not beautiful. Again, this is really common as well. I talk about this a lot on my page and I've shared um, vulva art to really try and push this message out there that we are so diverse in our appearances. So I can relate to this and I felt like I was different and I had compared my vulva to pornography and movies and, you know, in pornography, there is a certain type of vulva and 
this led me into questioning the appearance. So it's what I can say to this is it's normal to have longer inner labia. It's incredibly normal to have different colors around your labia. And in fact, when you're aroused, your, your vulva actually engorges and changes color, shape, like sometimes texture. And, and this is all normal. And this is what we're not taught. So um, what I personally did is I worked through this with confronting it right on and I did mirror work mm. with it and um, I learned about how it changes when I was aroused I did mirror work and also a huge thing is looking at all the different vulvas like so there's um, a girlfriend of mine comfortable in my skin project and she photographs like hundreds of vulvas and she has a website that you can go on and see all different vulvas. It's so cool. Mm. Um, there's people doing like vulva castings. So I think her name's Lydia Reeves. She does um, castings of vulvas and you can see how many gorgeous vulvas there are. Some with like delicious inner labia hanging down mm -hmm. and some with not some with like a big clitoral hood, some with no hood, like, we are all so diverse and not one of them isn't right. Like yeah. we're all, yeah, we're all beautifully made up. So yeah, yes. I, I understand that and I feel that, but you're normal. Good, good. Okay. So our next sort of section is just having an orgasm period. So I put a question, which was, have you ever had an orgasm? And I was actually surprised by this response because six women bravely told me that they've never had one at all. And I feel like I can relate to this a bit because it's very difficult for me to have an orgasm. And I would say that, you know, I don't come easily. So I feel like I can understand because there was a long period of my life where I had never had one. So I remember feeling like I was left out or that something was wrong with me. So I feel like these ladies, I can like relate to where they were and or where they are. And, um, you know, there were other women as well that mentioned that they only orgasm when it's under their control. So they've never had penetrative sex bring them to a climax. So, um, you know, how can we encourage women to start exploring their bodies and experiencing orgasms and like letting them know that also this is okay there's nothing wrong with you that this is happening so yeah I'm gonna hand this one over to you now <laughs> yeah and it's again like we keep coming back to this is normal and that's mm -hmm. because it is and we're uneducated around this stuff that like well I'm seeing this on movies or I'm hearing my friends talk about this but I'm not having that and understanding that like we can't take a magic pill or we can't just flick a special sexy button and expect it just to happen. I mean, that would be great, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably be very tired if it was just a pill, but to carving out time to actually get to know her, like get to know your pussy, get to know what she wants or, or how she likes to be touched or spoken to or, yeah, what I did is I really created this like sub-personality of my vulva and like who is she and I want to get to know her because I want to be best friends with her. So 
So I actually created this relationship and I feel like that's so important because a lot of women, um, it's like, this is this part of my body and like, and this half is this part of my body. And I just want to make this thing work to give me that, you know, (laughs) and there's just like energetically to really create that relationship. So there's a few things here. First off, rather than just your vulva or your genitals, your whole body can be orgasmic. So we tend to focus on the genitals as being an, I don't know, I guess like a hub for our pleasure. Mm -hmm. And although, yes, more often than not, that's where we experience orgasm. Um, exploring, Exploring your body is a beautiful way to get turned on. So rather than just going directly to uh, genital stimulation, like teasing your body, what would happen if you indulged in a central breast massage as foreplay with yourself or even before you um, got with your partner or what would a full body massage in a candlelit room look like and then you asked your partner to come in. So really unpacking what turns you on and begin with that. Mm. Um, And then secondly, a huge piece to my like orgasmic journey is using tools when it feels safe and it feels right for you to get into that. So my absolute favorite, um, well, I have, I have three favorite tools, but the first one, <laughs> I think, I don't know if the word tools is actually like, <laughs> I think tools and I think hammer and stuff, but um, um, pleasure treasures maybe. Ooh. But <laughs> There's a bit of ring to it, doesn't it? I like that very much. (laughs) So my two personal favorites is a jade egg. And a jade egg really, um, it's it's a crystal and it's made out of jade and it's shaped like an egg. I think I actually spoke about this in my first first podcast with you. Yeah. So working with that has, that was like an absolute game changer for me, just bringing awareness to my pelvic floor muscles, understanding what it felt like to even squeeze and release, squeeze and release. And, and then, gosh, I started feeling so much pleasure in my um, practices that I then translated into my self-pleasure practices. So I used my jade egg as like a, as a bit of foreplay as well. Um, And then The other one was a crystal or glass pleasure wand. Mm. I actually have both. Um, And for me, this was really to bring in what it would feel like to have a penetrative orgasm. So I started like training my pussy or training my like neurological pleasure pathways, I like to call them, (laughs) to experience orgasm with like what it would be with my partner. And crystal wands and glass wands are beautiful because, yeah, they don't vibrate and like penises don't vibrate. So I could really train and resensitize my pelvic floor muscles, my vagina to, um, yeah, understand what it would be like if I was with um, my partner, my male partner. So, yeah, those really, that whole journey is what took me from not having like really powerful internal orgasms to actually being able to orgasm from penetrative sex, being able to have blended orgasms and, and working with that. So yeah, that's, that would be a start to a journey. 
Perfect. And I feel like that answers the two questions that I pulled anyway. So, I mean, I can read them in case anyone wants to hear or if this is in relation to you personally. So the first one was, I've never had an orgasm, or at least I think I haven't. And I feel like so much time has passed and there's so much pressure in my head to do it that I don't even know where to start. For this, taking the narrative out of that you're running out of time Mm. or what if it never happens? Like when you create that tension in your head, it also relates into your body, right? So there's tension in your body, which means you're also creating tension in your pussy. Mm -hmm. So when there's tension in your pelvic floor muscles, it restricts blood flow, which means it restricts sensation, which means it restricts pleasure. So, um, yeah, like like I said, I think it's just for this woman, I would definitely say bringing in pleasure to your everyday like what brings you pleasure and keep tapping into the energy of pleasure and then tapping into like sensuality and what brings you sensuality and seeing if you can bring that into your intimate practices with yourself. Cause yeah, I don't know. The more you tap into an energy, the more awareness you're giving it. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I always thought that energy uh, that pleasure <laughs> was just something that you it, it just like happened you just did it and it was like this method and that method and and that's what happened so when I started bringing it into my life as more of an energy or plenergy <laughs> <laughs> then um I, I just started feeling more in my body and yeah. it was easier for me to access that when I was with myself or with my partner. Amazing. Okay. The second one is I've never had an orgasm during penetrative sex. Does that mean it'll never happen? Uh, the answer, like short answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, there's stats that only 25% of women are consistently orgasmic during vaginal intercourse. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's perfectly normal for women not to have orgasms during intercourse. And, and most women, more than not, need direct clitoral stimulation to yeah. experience orgasm. And, and this is blended pleasure. And it's beautiful. Like I spoke about neurological pleasure pathways. And again, you can train your body to stimulate your, um, your clitoris. And again, working with those numbers, like when do you feel like you're at an eight, Mm -hmm. um, if you're with a male partner or if you um, are with a woman and you're using a dildo, asking your partner to then like insert it when you're at an eight and you feel like you're almost there so that you almost have that body memory of, okay, like I can orgasm and I'm feeling this at the same time. Exactly. And I also love that you were talking about your tools and using the wand as a way to help to train your body and build that connection with your body for what perhaps a penetrative orgasm would look like. So maybe that's also a great thing for, for this woman to kind of bring into her own practice as well. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Amazing. All right. The next section is having an honest orgasm. So for so long, the focus has been on men climaxing and kind of prioritizing their experience. And then, you know, not only that, but men just generally have a more automatic response to pleasure than women. So from Mm. the poll that I did on Instagram, 
80% of women said that they have faked an orgasm. And I honestly think that it's safe to say that's probably some of the 20 also have as well, but maybe they just didn't feel ready or safe to kind of share that, you know, which is a lot. It, it's a lot to kind of admit something like that. So mm. um, I guess the first thing that I have here is why are we faking these things? Mm. Well, also, I mean, I've faked an orgasm. Like, so have yeah. I. Yeah. <laughs> Multiple times. Same. So, I mean, yeah. there was a period, I mean, there was a period of my life, sorry to any of the guys I was with during this time, <laughs> but I don't, I was faking it because I never had one and I didn't know what, mm. what to do. And, you know, I was like, yeah. So, I mean, I was young and, and sex was new, but I hadn't experienced an orgasm and I was just like, well, I guess I have to fake it. This is what you're mm. supposed to do, right? So, yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a huge reason as yeah. to why we're faking orgasms. Um, it could also be just for our partner's satisfaction or to to show that they're doing a good job, good job. or whatever. You don't want them to feel bad. Yeah. Um, it could be as mundane as you want sex to finish. Like exactly. you're tired and you just want to go to bed. That was definitely one of my reasons. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it could also be that you feel insecure about your body and you want your partner to like you and you want them to think you're this like orgasmic being Mm -hmm. or, or that you are this like rock star between the sheets. Um, yeah. And again, just putting women, just putting pressure on themselves for not getting there quick enough and their partner again could be at like an eight or a nine and like what I said at the start I'm at a six and that's where it could come in like okay well I'll prioritize him and I'll just sit back and hang at a six while he like blasts off to ten yeah so um and I'll pretend to fake it just to like make this whole thing a wholesome experience which it actually isn't so yeah yeah I suppose my second thing that I had written down here is why are we prioritizing men's pleasure and, mm. you know, I mean, maybe this goes back a long time. And I do, I do think that things are changing so much and women are feeling much more empowered when it comes to pleasure. But there is sort of this like, you know, men still taking the upper hand when it comes to sex. And I mean, like, I don't know if you grew up reading Cosmopolitan or mm-hmm. Dolly. Yeah, I certainly did. And that was all about like how to give him the best blowjob or yes. how to make your boyfriend fall in love with you and keep his eyes on you with these mm. new hand job movements. <laughs> it's like, like we grew up or I grew up with society, society concentrating on men's pleasure for so long. And honestly, it dates back for centuries. Like yeah. my auntie sent me an article. She obviously knows the work I do. And she sent me an <laughs> article from, I think it was like the 1940s about how a woman should be and act when her husband comes home from work. Mm. And it was honestly horrific. It was like, make sure you have dinner on the table. Make sure you have like your wrinkle cream rubbed off, your face mask rubbed off. And when you get into bed, make sure you pleasure him because he's had a busy day at work and he's the working man. Mm. So I was like, oh my God, this explains it all. So, And, you know, the G-spot was coined the G-spot in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. It was founded in the 1940s, I'm pretty sure. So, um, you know, I, I, I completely understand why we have prioritized men's pleasure because it's literally being in 
our genes almost mm-hmm. yes centuries but yeah you're right it is changing and that's so cool because women are finding ways of how to empower themselves to prioritize their pleasure with their partner as well yeah and I think even things like you know movies or like you said porn like when I was younger and I was getting interested in sex I was look, looking at porn to be my like source of education because nobody's talking about this stuff and you're not learning about things in school other than how to put a condom on a banana like totally. oh I mean gosh, there yeah. should be so much more that we are being taught and told and yeah so when you're seeing things all the time that are sort of like, you know, reiterating, you know, that the man has to come or that all of these things, it can totally affect the way that you view pleasure. Mm, Oh my gosh. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. And then I think, you know, when it comes to empowering women and like, you know, letting them know that it's okay to start asking for what you want or, you know, (laughs) demanding that you come to or whatever it is, like, how can we continue to or just to, to let women know that, yeah, girl, like you can ask for what you want or even how to, how to know what that is. Cause I think sometimes that might be difficult if you're experiencing issues with, with pleasure is mm-hmm. how do I even know what I like, what do I even want? Like, how do I even learn what that is? Mm. Well, you know, I like, I'll share a very quick personal story here, but when I started dating my current boyfriend, which was a year ago, And I'd been doing this work and I was like, I'm going to do a little experiment and like, I'm going to tell him what I want. in like the first week of us, um, like sleeping together. And I was like, this could either come across as me being like, you know, just like naggy or greedy or whatever. Um, but later I got feedback. I did it, did Mm -hmm. it. And I was like, Oh, edgy. I'm going to do it anyway, whatever. And I got feedback later and he was like, that was so sexy. You telling me mm. what you wanted. We like barely knew each other. I even told him what to do as well. Part of the time like, I was like, I'm pleasuring you. I want you to do this, which is like, relax, like let yourself receive this kind of thing. Ooh. So um, it, it honestly, it comes across as being confident as Mm -hmm. as being sexy and the way I got there is through Mm self-pleasuring like touching your own body wires you up for intimate connection with another and exploring I may have even said this on the first podcast as well but exploring your body like you've just arrived to a new destination and you're exploring for the first time like what do you do mm-hmm. I mean I go bananas and I want to try everything and like do whatever so experimenting with fast or slow touch like touching your genitals or teasing yourself mm-hmm. without touching them um using tools using your hands um, and just getting really confident with what you enjoy and owning what you enjoy like if it is a really fast movement on your clitoris owning that is totally cool it doesn't have to always be the central like mysterious touch to yourself it can can be whatever so yeah, I personally think self-touch builds up self-love and confidence mm-hmm. and connection to your body. So, yeah. Also, listen to podcasts like this. <laughs> follow, follow Empowering Woman. It all builds up that, that confidence within. So, yeah, That's thank true. you, Britt, for, for doing this work as well. It really oh helps gosh. women. I like it. I'm just loving it because it's created a new relationship for me with myself. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, first, I mean, I can't even say that, my self-pleasure game is 
pretty good, to be honest. But, you know, it inspires me to want to try. I mean, I'm going to use the excuse. It's a, it's an excuse for sure that I am a new mom. Um, but at the end of the day, I just would rather watch Netflix than play with myself. But at the same time, I feel like I've denied that part of me for such a long time that I'm like, it just feels a bit like a chore mm. to kind of like go and do this thing totally. for me. So, yeah. yeah. So don't, whoever is listening, if you think that I am like, you know, tickling my pickle every night, <laughs> I'm so not. I really want to try and like build this relationship with myself because I'm, I feel like there's a lot of work for me to do personally when it comes to self-pleasure. So yeah, speaking to you and even just hearing the things that you're saying, you know, it just, even if you're not looking at it from the perspective of trying to achieve an orgasm, but more mm-hmm. trying to achieve a relationship between you and you, you know, it kind of takes a little bit of the pressure off as well. Cause sometimes I'm like, Oh, I'm going to have to do this until I come like, what, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh, exactly. And I'm also not tickling my pickle every night, by the way, guys, <laughs> I definitely don't. And I hear you about it being a chore as well. And but it doesn't have to end in orgasm, right? Yes. It could be like, I've had moments um, actually last week I was quite burnt out and I thought you know what 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 would I want in this moment as intimately I closed my curtains it was the middle of the day I work from home so I can do this but um closed my curtains I lit some incense a candle and I actually just massaged my body for 15 minutes and that Mm. was my self-pleasure practice and then I opened the curtains I was like shit yeah I feel so much better right let's get back to it so Yeah, even though I've like noted all these tools and practices and things like that, just know that like self-pleasure practice could be as simple as sitting on the edge of your bed and just massaging your breasts. Yeah. It doesn't have to go the full bang, mm-hmm. literally. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, I think that kind of wraps up everything that I wanted to talk about, but I want to leave space for you to kind of like, you know, if there's anything else you want to share on this topic or anything, anything, anything to do with you. And I know you have some, some new, um, what'd you call it? Pleasure, treasure chest. (laughs) Some new items in your pleasure, treasure chest. (laughs) Yeah. But yes, tell us. (laughs) Um, so I mean, just to wrap up the topic of orgasm. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to, to say as well that orgasm is not a destination to Mm -hmm. reach. Or, or something that we're given or something that um, some have or some are lucky to have and some aren't. Um, it's not something outside of us and um, it's not something to achieve. It's a state of, of being that really arises naturally and it's, it's not a goal to achieve. It's, it's not the, the gold medal um, mm-hmm pleasure really is inviting that pleasure energy into your body so yeah all I can say is invite pleasure into your every single day and start tuning into that energy and just notice how that affects your intimate relationship with self and with your partner and just stay really curious like be curious with your body we're ever evolving and changing sexually right the things I loved like 10 years ago I may not love so much now so just staying curious with your body and not putting too much pressure on yourself 
yeah perfect way to end end it and yes it's not the destination which Mm -hmm. I think most of us think is so yes thank you thank you so much you're so welcome and yes I do have pleasure treasures I have (laughs) an online store supplying um yeah these feminine well-being tools so jade eggs and crystal wands and glass wands and some delicious boob oil as well so I'm sure you'll link my website in there but um, that's all available there amazing and as soon as I saw you do this I was like Christian I know what I want for Christmas but you're not <laughs> buying it for me I am buying this for me oh my god I love <laughs> so I have a little, I got to, I have to save up because they're not cheap. So yeah. I'm doing a little saving session so that I hope by Christmas, my goal is to treat myself to your tools. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Yeah. They're definitely not cheap. Um, the wonders of a whole crystal wand mm-hmm. stick. <laughs> yes, exactly. I used to buy little necklace pendants of them, but this is like, yeah. Yeah. Full, yeah. Full shebang. Um, <laughs> Amazing. Well, oh my gosh, Melissa, thank you so much for being our guest again for the second time. I feel like I could talk to you forever about all of this stuff and I just appreciate your energy and also your adjectives that you use. (laughs) I'm like, oh, she's got another good one. Where did she come up with this stuff? Like, it's so good. (laughs) But no, honestly, thank you for just being so open and just you. I, and I appreciate all the work that you're doing as well in empowering women to, to live full lives. So mm, thank you, Britta. And thank you for inviting me back on. It's my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> it warms my heart every week to see all of the amazing countries that are represented in our listening It's amazing that I get to connect with all of you through different stories of mothers and I can't wait to continue to bring incredible stories to you. If you're really enjoying these episodes, I really hope that you'll subscribe and leave a review because I love, 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 love to hear what you guys think. And also if you have suggestions, feel free to leave them or DM me on Instagram. It's a community that we're building and it's one that I'm so incredibly proud of. Thank you so, so much for your support. And I can't wait to continue to build our relationship episode by episode. I'll see you next week.